Thank you. Let us turn to the word of God. God's chosen remnant. This is the title of our message. Our text comes from Romans chapter 11. Romans chapter 11. And we'll be reading verses 1 through 10. Please rise for the reading of God's word. Romans chapter 11. I ask that you please read along with me as I read aloud. Romans chapter 11, beginning at verse 1. I ask then, did God reject his people? By no means. I am an Israelite myself, a descendant of Abraham from the tribe of Benjamin. God did not reject his people. Whom he foreknew. Don't you know what the scripture says in the passage about Elijah? How he appealed to God against Israel? Lord, they have killed your prophets and torn down your altars. I'm the only one left and they are trying to kill me. And what was God's answer to him? I have reserved for myself 7,000 who have not bowed the knee to Baal. So too. At the present time, there is a remnant chosen by grace. And if by grace, then it is no longer by works. If it were grace, if it were, grace would no longer be grace. What then? What Israel sought so earnestly, it did not obtain. But the elect did. The others were hardened, as it is written. God gave them a spirit of stupor, eyes so they could not see and ears so they could not hear to this very day. And David says, may their table become a snare, a trap, a stumbling block, and a retribution for them. May their eyes be darkened so they cannot see, and their backs be bent forever. Amen. This is the word of God. The grass withers and the flowers fade, but the word of God will last forever. Amen. Please be seated. Let's ask God for the illumination of our text. Our Lord and God, give us your spirit. Increase our capacity to listen and learn from your word. And increase our love for your gospel message. Bless our listeners we ask and we pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Now, um, if you recall, I think it was a couple of weeks ago, not too long ago, the title of our last message was The Power of the Gospel Hour. Now, what was the topic of that message? Anybody recall? I hope you do. Uh, the topic of my, uh, the message was the gospel is significant to the church. What was my thesis of that text? Well, I propose that in Romans chapter 10, verses 5 through 21, Paul reveals God's purpose for the gospel. Why? Because Paul wants the church to know about the significance of the gospel. How did I help you to understand the meaning of my thesis? Well, I showed you that the meaning of the thesis were basically given through three basic points. Now, uh, first of all, we saw that because the gospel is a momentous occasion, the church must understand that God has been convincing sinners, convicting, I should say, convicting sinners through the gospel ever since the fall. And also... Point number two, we saw that because the gospel was a momentous occasion, the church must understand that God has been 
forgiving sinners through the gospel ever since the fall. And finally, I showed that not only uh, because the gospel is a momentous occasion, the church must also understand that we have been administrators of the gospel ever since the fall. That is, we have been giving it out, preaching it, living it. And all the time, I found, a lot of times when you think of the gospel, you can think of many things. Good news, uh, the gospel writers, the gospel books, and so, so forth. But when I, when you hear me, uh, when I was speaking of the gospel, I was speaking of the story, the life story of Jesus Christ. The life, death, resurrection, ascension. And not only that, but Included in that is the future return of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. All these things are within the gospel. Amen? Amen. Now, what is the title of today's message? Once again, the title is God's Chosen Remnant. God's Chosen Remnant. Topic for today. The topic of our message is the justification of the remnant of Israel by the grace of God. The justification of the remnant of Israel by the grace of God. Now, my thesis it is, what am I proposing here? What will I be arguing for or defending? You know, oftentimes, I know you probably wonder why I do what I do. Well, I think one of the main reasons why I do what I do is because it's a pattern that has been established in the written pages of the Bible. This book has been given to us as a roadmap to def- not only believing in God, but also as a roadmap as far as defending why we believe what we believe. You want to get good at this. You want to be, you want to get, you want to become masters of this technique. Because listen, every day you're going to be challenged. You're going to be challenged with the question, why do you believe what you believe? And you need to know and you got to know why you believe what you believe. Because if you don't, trust me, I tell you right now, you will, you will fail in your walk with God. You will fail. When I say in your walk with God, I mean you will fail in your life ministry before God. Because you will be living a life that is aimless. That is purposeless. You will be living a life that is for self. And so, you know, I'm, I'm convinced that in Romans chapter 11, verse 1 through 10, Paul reveals God's plan for the remnant of Israel. Because Paul wants the church to know that God is justifying the remnant of Israel. Now, so, you know, real basic. Um, we're going to see, we can see that from this, that first of all, God is justifying the remnant of Israel. And because God is justifying the remnant of Israel, the church must understand that God has been abandoning the rest of Israel since the fall. It's that simple. He's been abandoning. Now, I'm I'm going to clarify what I mean by that later on. But in point number two, we also want to see that because God is justifying the remnant of Israel, the church must understand that God has been delivering the remnant from the grips of sin ever since the fall. Okay? So although he's abandoning some, he's also delivering some. Just know that. Abandoning, abandoning and delivering. Those are some key words we want to we look at and unpack later on. Number three, final point. Because God is justifying the remnant of Israel, the church must understand that we have been celebrating the faithfulness, the faithfulness of God ever since the fall as well. 
I hope you're with me on this. Everybody with me? Mm-hmm. Now, um, the author of this text, I need not repeat. It's clear by now, I hope, right? It's Paul. And uh, it's clear also by now that Paul is the apostle of Jesus Christ. He's a messenger. He's an appointed messenger by Jesus Christ himself. Paul received this call from Jesus Christ, and he gave us this letter. Now, this, the, this letter, I love this letter because essentially it tells us what the gospel is all about. And that is the gospel reveals how God puts people right with himself. It is through faith from beginning to end. And remember, faith has, faith, faith has an object, and that faith is, that object is Jesus Christ. Amen? John wrote this this uh this this mess uh this this written written um uh message from Paul is is a letter. It's just a simple letter. He's writing to the Roman Jewish and non Jewish converts during that time. Now again just remember though this is the word of God. This is the word of God. And being that it's the word of God, we want to take it seriously. Being that it's the word of God, we want to find out what Paul is not only not what we want to find out not only what was Paul was saying to the people during that time, the church, right? Speaking to the church, I'm convinced, but also the present day church. Okay, so that's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to bring this to you in a way that you can see. And that you can hopefully apply it in your life. You know, one of the things I'm definitely learning is that, you know, it's one thing to preach the gospel and, 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 and know basically, you know, what you believe and, and, and tell people what you believe. But also what's important is be able to tell people, you know, hey, listen, not only do I believe this, but I'm going to show you, I want to show you why I believe this. I want to show you how uh, this can help you as well in your life. Amen? Because, mm-hmm. you know, that's important. I, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely, I'm at that place now in my life where I understand that, you know, people struggle every day. We have struggles. Uh, you know, um, I got to admit, you know, with uh, this week with um, our neighbor and uh, their son being hit by a truck, that really, really struck me. Uh, and, um, you know, throughout in, in, the, in the engaging in that experience, engaging with the parents and things like that, I saw the, the, the pain and I saw I saw the hurt. And um, I got to admit, I, I I was taken back by it because, I mean, it just they're so close. And I remember, especially this kid, I remember when he was probably two years old, you know, as young as two years old. And I watched him grow. I personally watched him grow, and he's a great kid. He's a great kid. He's got a great heart. I've, I've got to even speak with him on many occasions and talk with him, so I know him. And to hear that he was hit by a truck and, and survived, that was just, oh, such a blessing. But at the same time, it really hurt my heart that he got hit and that he's hurt. And, he's, and, and just seeing him, he's just, you know, he's silent. He's just silent. He's just, he's, I, to me, he's like, when I saw him, he's in shock over the whole experience. And you probably would, too. <laughs> any of us you get hit by a truck you know so but anyways this is life this is life amen? amen and this is what we are basically as a church body uh, this is what we do together every day we do life together and it's difficult at times and more difficult than others at, at times and it could have been any of us any of us you know that's the way life is life is a day by day journey. And the thing about it is you never know what's going to come your way. But I, I, I'm convinced that God, listen, listen, through it all, God is still in control. Amen? Yes. We got to believe that God is still in control. We got to believe that God allows certain things to happen for a reason. And although we might not know what that reason is, we trust. That God 
is a God that makes no mistakes. And that he allowed things to come into our lives that oftentimes, I got to admit, you probably like me, don't particularly appreciate. <laughs> and maybe and, and willing to admit that we uh, uh, particularly don't want. But you got to remember, especially for the church. Now I'm speaking to church. The church, if you, if, you know, the church is like a garden. It's like a garden. And, 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 and God, listen, you got to understand this. God is, the, is, is, is sort of, um, you can think of him as the, the um, how can I say, I, I want to say farmer, but I, I, don't, I don't know, I don't, for some reason I don't like that term as much as I would, would like other terms, but I'm, let's, just, let's just go with that, because that's the only thing that comes to my mind right now, is a farmer. And as a farmer, and as a farmer, his, he has taken the role, he has taken the responsibility of raising us up. Raising us up. That's what farmers do. Farmers, they, they, they sow seed, they plant seed, depending on what kind of, what kind of crop they're, they're raising. Whether it be corn, rice, or whatever, they plant the seed. And then what do they do? They water it. And so God is the same way. And in the same way, God, he, he deals with us. He deals with us. You know, he has planted us here. The Bible talks about that. In the beginning, first of all, the, the garden. What is the main garden? It's the earth that we live on. In the beginning, God created what? The heavens and the earth. And this earth is where uh, God has placed his people, his creation. He has planted his creation. And he has given us all the necessary things in order to, what? Sustain us. To raise us up. To cause us to grow. Now, this is kind of contrary to a lot of people's beliefs. I'm, I'm sure of it. A lot of people believe that God created the heavens and the earth and he, he, he provided us with all the things that we need in order to, lead, to live. And then he sort of walked away and walked away from it. And it sort of became sort of like a test of the strongest, the, the strongest survive. I'm convinced that's not the God of this Bible. He didn't walk away. Matter of fact, the Bible makes it clear that God communed with us, with his, with his creation. And I'm talking about the people of God. He communed with us. What do I mean by communed with us? He lived with us. He talked with us. The first, the first human being, the, 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 first, the first two in, individuals that God created, he lived with, among them. He communed with them. They had access to God. They can talk with him. I'm, I'm positively sure they didn't see him in his full Glory, but I am clear, the Bible is clear that he spoke with them, he communicated to them his wishes. And he made it clear that there are certain things that they were allowed to do and there were certain things that they just were not allowed to do. And they had the ability to choose. What do I mean they had the ability to choose? Meaning that they could have chosen to do whatever God told them to do freely. Now, the things that God told them not to do, he warned them that in the day that you do these things, guess what? There's going to be problems. Not only is there going to be problems, but you will surely what? Die. die. You will surely die. Now, from that point on, the Bible unfolds. It unfolds, and it's a story. And this story is his story. It's the farmer's story. It's God's story. And it's God raising up a people, a people to himself. This has been his plan. 
This has been his purpose from the very beginning. Are you with me now? So let's go to scripture for a little bit before I continue on here with this story that unfolds. God, the farmer. Let's, let's stick with that for a little bit. His people. We're in this garden on this earth. At one time, we had the ability to do what was right before God. But something happened. It's clear. And it's very clear because over in Romans chapter 11, Paul, let's go over there real quickly. Paul begins this particular section with, I asked then, did God reject his people? Why would, why would Paul ask a question like that? When you see something like that, you need to ask, you know, okay, why would Paul ask that God reject his people? Well, Paul basically asked this question because if you, if, if you see before that, it is it, connected with the previous passage where if you see over in verse 20, it says in Isaiah, boldly says, I was found, but was not, I was found by those who did not seek me. I revealed myself to those who did not ask for me. But concerning Israel, he says, all day long I have held out my hands to a disobedient and obstinate people. So, Paul is, is responding with the question I asked then, did God reject his people? Paul is saying, you know what, listen, clearly, Israel, who Paul also is an Israelite, clearly Israel is obstinate. What does obstinate mean? Well, it's sort of like kids can be sometimes. You know, I had this experience this week, many times, many occasions with my own children. Let's go for a walk. And they, for some whatever reason, decided that they didn't want to go for a walk. And I wonder why. I asked them why. Why do I want to go for a walk? Well, it's too cold. I'm thinking to myself, well, we're here in California. And I'm from the Midwest. Where I'm from, it gets very cold, okay? And I, you, you don't know what cold is until you've been in the Midwest. I'm going to give you an example. Uh, when I was in the Marine Corps, I uh, was living over in Hawaii for about three years. And the, the weather over there is even more, I mean, it's just beautiful. It's gorgeous. I mean, it's warm and it's just, I mean, it's the best weather for me personally. But anyways, I was over there and I had been over there for many years. Well, at least by that time, uh, since that many years, I had been over for at least two years. So on the second year, I decided to go back home, which is the Midwest, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. And I decided to go back for Christmas. And so on this particular day that I went back, it was uh, very cold. Let's just put it that way. It was so cold that... Um, by the time I had reached Milwaukee, and I was, of course, I flew in, but the thing is, I flew in on what is called a commuter's jet, a commuter jet, which is a prop plane. And so it doesn't, it doesn't pull you up to a terminal. You have to get off the plane and actually walk to the air terminal. And the only thing I had was my Hawaii shirt and my Hawaii pants, which so happened to be, I think, on that day, if I recall correctly, was shorts. I had forgot all about that, you know what, there's a very likely chance that I'm not going to be on this plane, and I had forgot how cold it really got, but I was a Marine, and I thought, you know what, I can handle it. But I got to tell you, on that day, it was the, the, the weather was zero degrees. It was, that was the temperature. The temperature was zero degrees. And not only was it zero temperature degrees, it has what they call a wind chill factor, which dropped the temperature to, on that particular day, 30 to 40 degrees below zero. So, it was very, very cold. Anyway, so, when anybody ever asks me how the weather is out here in California, I always tell them, you know what, it's great. 
because I know what cold really is. But anyways, going back to my story, uh, you know, oftentimes, you know, we just, you know, like children, we, for whatever reason, we refuse to do what our parents tell us. And that's what he's talking about here. See, Israel had gotten to a place where they refused to do what God told them to do. That's what obstinate means. Just like my child who refused, for whatever reason, to walk. She didn't want to walk, or he didn't want to walk. I'm not going to say who he or she is, but they didn't want to walk. That's obstinate behavior. Everybody with me now? Okay, difficult behavior, for whatever reason. Okay, so now, anyways, um, Paul sees that, and he has saw that, and so he's wondering now. And like many others were wondering, you know, did uh, God reject his people? Because if he, if, you know, being that he's a chief farmer, right, he raised these people up to, to be obedient, to do what he tells them to do. Why are they all of a sudden now going off course? That's the problem. You know, and really that's what this, this, the whole Bible is all about. It's a problem. It's a problem. It's a God, the people that God has raised up, the people that he has planted in this garden are no longer doing what he tells them to do. Did he create them this way? No. He didn't create them this way. Something happened. And that was what? They had fallen. They had they had when I say fallen, they had, they had entered into a state in which they no longer could obey or do what God tells them because of what happened to our first parents. Do you understand that now? So, you know, we need to see this. We need to see that um, along with Paul, Paul says, By no means, I am an Israelite myself, a descendant of Abraham. From the tribe of Benjamin. God did not reject his people. He didn't reject his people. The people are being obstinate. The people uh, are being disobedient. Not because God rejected them. But probably because of what? They rejected him. And that's what we're going to find out here real soon. That they rejected him. Listen, you got to understand that God has made it very clear that he expects for us to do what he tells us to do. It's that simple. And when we don't do what he tells us to do, he has made it clear, too, that there will be consequences. You will be punished. And part of that punishment, listen... Is God has allowed us to sort of, um, how can I say it? As a farmer, if you were raising pigs, right? For example, if you were raising pigs, pigs like to do what? They like to go and sort of walk, um, get into things that normal people just normally, you know, uh, let's just say for the not normally, but let's just say people like us wouldn't most most of us because I do know some people who who kind of live like pigs though but um most people wouldn't want to get involved in they like to live in their feces and they like to live in mud and dirt and stuff like that that's what pigs like to do they don't mind it no not whatsoever you know and so anyways the farmer will allow them to do that because that's what pigs like like to do you know and in so many ways though it's not good for them but in so many ways, pigs, for whatever reason, they're very, very hardy creatures. They're able to withstand that kind of environment. But you know what? We as people, we wouldn't probably be able to endure that kind of environment not much longer. Because we'll what? We'll get sick. We'll start to, things that start happening to us that just will, will be very dangerous for our health. So God really, he has done this with, with Israel. He just kind of allowed them to go their own way. And listen, when God allows you to go your own way, 
things, that's when you really start going and getting off track. That's why my prayer is always, you know, Lord God, don't allow me to do my own thing. Don't allow me to go my own way. Why? Because I know that if, if he does allow me to do what Dennis wants to do, guess what? Dennis is going to do things. He's going to get into things that's going to, that's going to be uh, detrimental to his health, to his spiritual health, as well as his physical health. Amen? Yeah. You know, and so, but anyways, I'm sharing this with you and trying to, I'm trying to build a picture for you so you can see what, what's, what's happening here. And why I say this, that God, we must understand that, um, you know, uh, first of all, God did not reject his people because um, it says right here, don't you know that, I'm, I'm sorry, we're in scripture, Romans chapter 2. It says, don't you know that the scripture says that, says in the passage about Elijah, how he appeared to God against Israel. Lord, they have killed your prophets and tore down your altars. Again, being obstinate and being disobedient. I'm the only one and they are trying to what? Kill me. And what was God's answer to him? I have reserved for myself 7,000 people who have not, what, bowed the knee to Baal. That is, 7,000 people who are, what, obedient. 7,000 people who are not obstinate. So, too, at the present time, there is a remnant chosen by grace. So, understand this. Although, again, God, being a farmer, the plant, being the garden. Listen, the first parents, they disobeyed God. They plunged all humanity into sin. Clearly, we see that. We see the results of their sin. That's why a clear sign of, of, of our, our state before God, a clear sign of our position before God that we are sinners is what? Death. Death. Because... Um, God allows us to die as a clear sign that, listen, we're in a state that is not pleasing to him. We're in a state that's not pleasing to him. Listen, God is eternal being. And because he is an eternal being, guess what? He's raising up a crop of people that will also be what? Eternal. Eternal in the realest and truest sense. Okay, this is what this book is really all about. It's about God acting, acting throughout history to raise up a people that he will call his own. And listen, this people, God chooses. He chooses. Are you with me now? And when I say he chooses them, we're in point number two now. We will see that because God is justifying the remnant of Israel, the church must understand that God has been delivering the remnant from the grips of sin since the fall. Now, when I say because God is justifying, you need to understand what I mean by that. Clearly in scripture, God has justified a remnant of Israel. How do we know this? Well, if we look at scripture, it says it right here. Let's go back to scripture. He says, everybody there? Verse 5. Read with me, please. Put all your notebooks away and pick up your Bible, please. I'm waiting. This is important. You've got to see this. Because if you don't see this, you're going to miss the gospel message. You're going to miss the full gospel message of of, 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 when I talk about the gospel message again, I'm talking about that, that message which reveals how God has made us right, has made a people right, I should say, with himself. And, 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 and so over here, we're talking about now the remnant of Israel. It says here, I have reserved for myself 7,000 who have not bowed the knee to Baal. So too, at the present time, there is a remnant, say remnant. A remnant chosen, how? By grace. Notice that. He, there, at the present time, there's a remnant. 
chosen by grace. What is a remnant? Well, the remnant that that um, Paul is writing about is a group of people. If God was a farmer, that would mean that he has set aside a, 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 a crop, a certain amount of crop. Specifically to be used for a special purpose. A special purpose. And now this special purpose I'm here to, to, to show you is that is for a people that God will call his own. Are you with me now? Yes. You got to see this. You got to see this. Because if you don't see this, you will miss the, what, what this Bible is really truly all about. This Bible is about God. This Bible is about a triune God. God the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. All three persons working together to basically, as a farmer, to raise up a people. A people that he will call his own. A people that he would, he would, he would bless. You know, listen, don't get me wrong. The whole world, I mean, are, are up under the blessing of God. Don't get me wrong. I mean, there's grace for everyone. But there's common grace and then there's special grace. There's common grace and there's special grace. Common grace, the common grace of God Everyone is blessed. Everyone is blessed. God has, has blessed everyone to live up under the common grace. Now, how, how does this work? Well, if you look around us, today is, it was raining. Did it just rain on God's remnant? That is the church. I'm convinced the church is the remnant that, that Paul is talking about here. No, it rained on other people as well who are not the church. The sun, when the sun rises and lower, does the sun just uh, shine on the church, the remnant of God's people? No, it shines on us all. Those who are not part of the church and those who are part of the church. So, you know, don't get me wrong. This, that's common grace. Now, but there's special grace. And the special grace that we're talking about here, we're talking about the grace that saves. The grace that saves is the grace that, that the best way to, to describe it would be our clearest example is Jesus Christ. Period. That's the best example I can give you. I can give you all kinds of other examples, but they wouldn't make really good sense to you. Because even though, listen, even though farmers, you know, farmers, right, which I said God, if he was like a farmer, he, you know, he raises up people and, you know, you know, farmers, they raise up crop, but they, they're, they're, they're only temporary crops. They're not eternal crops. God, an eternal being, raises up a crop. Guess what? It's going to be eternal. That's the only way God will describe it as what? Good. If you remember back in the garden, when God created Humanity, when God created the first man and the first woman, he said it was what? Good. We were created good. That was, we was created in righteousness. We was created in holiness. We was created with the ability to choose between right and wrong. We was, we was created with the, the power to do all that God had willed, all that God pleases. But we lost it. We lost it. And so now, but what God is doing now, he's restoring us. He's, he's bringing us back into a right relationship with him. And that is through who? Christ. And it's through Christ. Christ alone. That's why I say he is the exemplary. He is the anti-type. He is the archetype. That is, he is the, he is the prime example of what God is creating us, the church. The remnant to be. Amen? This is the good news. This is good news. This is news that we all can use. This is news that we can stand on. This is news 
that we want to tell someone. This is news that we want to shout from every mountaintop, from, from every venue. We want to tell somebody about what God is doing. And that's clearly stated here in Scripture. So too, at the present time, Paul says, there is a remnant chosen by grace. And if by grace, then it is no longer by works. If it were, grace would no longer be grace. It's that simple. Listen, what God is doing with us, I'm here to tell you, and this is what Paul is saying. We can't do it on our own. Just as a cat meows and a dog barks. Listen, God is creating us to be like Christ. And Christians do what God has created us to do. And but the thing about it is, is that like a cat, a cat can't change itself. It can't, you know, even if a cat wanted to be a dog, guess what? It can change itself to be a dog. It will always be a cat. Or vice versa, the dog, if it, even if the dog wanted to be a cat, it can it can do it. The same way with us. We're limited, aren't we, in so many ways. I remember growing up, I'm, I'm, I remember growing up, and I remember, I'll never forget the first girl who, talk, who told me that I was short. I thought to myself, I didn't even know I was short up until then. It's amazing. But when she told me I was short, and I kind of had a crush on her, I thought maybe she liked taller guys. So I was thinking, man, maybe if I grow a little bit taller, she'll probably start liking me. And I, man, I was praying that I would get taller. <laughs> I wanted to get taller. Because I like this girl. Well, guess what? I would go every day to this one spot. I'll never forget it. And I would measure myself. And I'd pray, Lord oh God, I want to get taller. I, somehow I got to get taller. I was doing everything I can, I could. I remember doing stretching exercises. I remember doing eating right for the first time. Mom, where are those vegetables at? <laughs> Mom, because I remember she's like, eat your vegetables and you'll get you'll get taller. You'll grow. You know, you need your vegetables. I'm like, I'm gonna eat me some vegetables now. Didn't work. Didn't work. I still end up being short. I have to live with it. I have to live with it. So you know, anyway, I share that with you. It's the same way with uh, the people of God. Listen, the people of God, clearly, um, many of them were, were still sinning. Many of them were going their own way. And it was a big problem. So, too, um, Paul makes it clear. That's why he says, what then? Verse 7. What then? What Israel saw so earnestly, it did not obtain. Listen, they wanted it. Just like I wanted to get tall, they too, they wanted what? To get saved. They wanted to be a part of God's elect people. They wanted to do what God told them. They wanted, they earnestly did not obtain. But who obtained it? Who obtained this grace? Who obtained the grace of God, the salvation of God, the, 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 the justification of God? Now, this is going back to what we were talking about. Who obtained this justification? Who was declared righteous? That's what justifying is all about. Justifying, the justification of God is Him declaring an individual right. Why? Because of His desire. It's out of His good pleasure. It's a gift. Are you with me, people? It's a gift. And it's a gift from God. And it's, it's not based upon the individual, as far as that individual being already righteous. Because Jesus says so himself. I did not come to save the righteous, but I've come to what? Save sinners. Why? To make them right. <laughs> I, I know it's, it's, this is maybe you thinking, uh, I've heard this before. And, you know, it doesn't seem that hard to understand. But there are a lot of people out there who don't believe this. They believe that you, if you do the right things, if you say the right things, you can make yourself right before God. They believe that within each and every one of us, we have a certain amount of grace. 
And I don't want to mention names because I don't like to bring other churches down and stuff like that. But there are churches out there, ministers, preachers, who preach this kind of gospel. I call it man-centered gospel. And so, but I'm here to tell you that this is clearly not what, what Paul is not saying here. He's saying, what then? What Israel saw so earnestly it did not obtain, but the elect did. The others were hardened. As it is written, God gave them a spirit of stupor. Eyes so they could not see, and ears so they could not hear to this very day. Notice that. God, listen, a lot of people don't understand that. What happened in the garden, a result of Adam and Eve's disobedience, God hardened them. He basically, what that means is, is that he, he gave them a spirit that they no longer even if they wanted to, would be able to seek God righteously without him permitting it. That's what, you remember that in the garden? That's really what it was all about. I don't know, if, just think back and remember what happened when God cast Adam and Eve out of the garden. He had, he, he placed guards there so they couldn't ever return. Are you with me now? So this is a big issue. But listen, God is saying here, he's saying, you know what? Listen, being as if God was a farmer, right? He's saying from this point on, I will choose. I will make. I will declare the I will declare an individual righteous. And if I do declare that individual righteous, guess what? It's a gift. That's all. It's, it's a gift. And so that no man can boast. No person can boast and say, you know what, in him, with him and her or herself can say, you know what, I did this. I'm right with God because I did it. They can only say it. Why? Because God did it. Amen? And we want to see this because God... As justifying the remnant of Israel, the church must understand that we have been celebrating the, this faithfulness of God since the, since the fall. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, that, that you have created in me a willingness to love you. Thank you, Jesus, that you have created in me a willingness to want to be like Christ. That's what the church has been really been doing. The remnant. That's what I'm talking about. This remnant. This small, small portion of people. This small group of people. We have been, we have been, God has been cultivating us. He has been changing us. He has been transforming us by the power of his Holy Spirit. From day to day. To be like Christ. And so we celebrate that. That's why we're here today. We're here today to celebrate our new life. In Christ. Amen. And so that's why we pray and we we give thanks. We pray for others because we believe that, you know, if God can change me, a, a, a woeful sinner, guess what? He can change anybody. Amen. As a Christian, you should know this by now because we still carry not only God is saving a remnant, but we still carry our old nature, which is a remnant of the. Of the old nature. See we have been renewed. We have been justified. God has restarted in us a change. We are new creatures. But we still carry the old nature. And that old nature continues. It continues to. Like a, a, a dirty dead rotten corpse. It continues to remind us. Remind us. That you know what. I stink. There's something about me that still needs to be. Completely transformed. Completely remade. And that's why, as Christians, we look forward to what? The return of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Because we know that in that day, when He returns, He's going to fully renew us. He's going to fully transform us. He's going to make us fully righteous before God. And not only is He going to make us fully righteous with God, we're going to, for the first time, be able to, to, to experience God in His, in His glorified form. We're going to be able to, 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 to like Adam and Eve, we're going to be able to commune with God. We're going to be able to see our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And we're going to be able to really fully know Him. Even now, as we, like we know each other. This world as we know it is going to be completely transformed. 
It's going to be completely transformed into a place, again, in which God will be in the midst. He will be our God and we will be his people. There will be no more evil. There will be no more dying. There will be no more crying. There will be no more weeping. This is what we celebrate as a church. Amen? So, let's close. We spoke about several things. But the things that I want you to remember the most is that, and point number one, is that God justifies. That is, he declares us righteous. He makes us righteous. God delivers. He has been delivering us ever since the very, since the fall. He delivers us from the grips of sin so that we will not be left. We will not be abandoned. We will not be left in our sins. Amen? Also, He does this through the gospel. He does this through Christ. Amen? That's what we want to see. All this is through Christ. It's a gift. Amen? And finally, we want to see that because God has been doing all this, we as a church, we have been celebrating this also, ever since the fall. Now, I say ever since the fall because, listen, Adam and Eve, they had the gospel too in the garden. And the whole Bible, it's just a, it's sort of a, a, God is just acting, he's working, he's reminding them that, hey, listen, I will save you, I will, I will not leave you, I will not forsake you. And that's what Paul is, is reiterating here in the same, the same way. He's saying, you know what, God is not going to leave us. God has chosen a remnant. He has selected a few that he will finally save. All eternity. Amen. All right, please rise for the doxology. Now, to him who is able to keep and strengthen you according to the divine revelation of the gospel of Jesus Christ, according to the mystery that was kept secret for a very long time but has now been disclosed through the prophetic writings, has, has been made known to all nations according to the command of the eternal God. To bring about the obedience of faith to the only wise God be glory and honor, both dominion and power, both now and forevermore. Amen. Mm -hmm. Please enjoy the rest of the day. Hug one another. God bless you.